Welcome to the night, and I hope it's well, listeners. Everyone settling into another terrifying evening of horror, mystery, and very subtle propaganda, all here down, down, down the hollow openings of the slanted hallway. By the way, I like Ike. Tonight we have a very special installment of the slanted hallway for you. I hope everyone is well rested after a long day of labor and laboring. All settled to take a terrifying turn down, down, further down, down into the rank corners of the slanted hallway. Unfortunately for you, hallways don't have corners for you to hide in. Only long, 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 even longer passages of horror to experience and traverse. Truly, you're lost in a sublime world of terror, and guess what? I just threw away the map to safety. Legally, though, I'm obliged to inform listeners they are not indeed, or literally, uh, trapped in the slanted hallway and can actually turn off the show whenever they want. We've gotten one too many letters of people complaining they're too terrified to turn off their radios, and I thought it was grand, but management has said otherwise. Anyway, on tonight's special installment of the slanted hallway, we... Uh, de- Mr. Narrator, I hope you haven't forgotten about the sponsor. Sometimes it seems you're so forgetful that you'd leave, you'd leave track of your nose if it wasn't attached to your face. Well, that's just rude. I've never said anything mean about you on air, just off microphone, like a professional. While we're at it, your stupid face is too small for your skull. There's nothing wrong with my stupid face, Mr. Narrator, except its utter lack of owning a calendar that's made out of pure industrial steel. That's right, I'm talking about Dr. Vulcan's non-flammable calendars. Never worry again about losing track of the day of the week, even during a devastating house fire that leaves you destitute. You'll still know the day of the week you lost everything because your husband fell asleep smoking in his chair again. Each calendar is hand-smelted with hot Detroit steel, only found in America, and then etched in with most of the days of the week along with some stars and eagles. How patriotic. That's Dr. Vulcan's non-flammable calendars, the only calendar that you need two metal bolts to hang on the wall. Well, listeners, I hope that you can all remember that, because certainly Mr. Narrator won't. Even though I seem to remember a certain sponsor that forgot Mr. Dumb Old Narrator's birthday last month, In fact, most of our writing staff and producers as well. But at least I had all the coffee cake in the break room to myself. Anyway, on tonight's special installment of The Slanted Hallway, we dive right into the deep pond of not madness, but pure confusion. For what can one man do when faced with with that that is absolute and... uh, complete uh, uh, in its slantedness of hallway? Confused yet? Well, that's what we wrote for you this evening. A confusing tale about two men investigating a missing horror novelist whose books you don't read, but they read you. Uh, Really quickly here, I just want to say my nephew Max wrote this one, and Uncle Narrator is already very disappointed. But let's see how this works out. The Slanted Hallway presents The Book That Reads You. Our story begins on a haunted stretch of asphalt the native Indians would call a freeway. But what is more terrifying than... than... But what is more terrifying than the thought of a... of a way that is free, especially... Max, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of these three pages about your fear of freeways. I'm not sure what the writer's term for that is, but learn to write things that don't upset or annoy your uncle should be one. Now the story can begin. Just a wide, cold day. 
exactly one hour 45 minutes and a bunch of seconds. Well, once again, Sam, somehow you're the most precise and drastically wrong at the same time. We've been driving for exactly one hour and 48 minutes and a bunch of seconds to this nowhere town in the middle of crummy old New England. Dang right again, Hubert. Oh, my internal clock isn't the same since the war. Oh, which one? What's that one where we were fighting commies and I got the metal plate in my head from? I can't remember. Oh, that was Korea. And you were fighting alongside with the commies. Oh yeah, right. Tell me, comrade, why are we driving all the way out here to bug this penniless horror writer again? Sam, how many times am I supposed to lay this out to you like a bunch of exposition? We were sent out here by the publisher to follow up with this writer on his newest novel. The manuscript is several weeks overdue, and we have to make sure he's not ducking out of his contract. This horror not Milton Crane makes tans of dollars for our company. And if they can't get the newest book out, it's back to printing bathroom-style construction pamphlets. Man, this is really rattling my shrapnel-filled skull. Where is this Milton Crane fellow? Between you and me, I think he's hiding out way out in this Massachusetts wilderness because he hasn't finished the novel. You see, a lot of times these shifty horror novelists tend to take advances from their publisher. Then... They just run off and spend all the money on household knickknacks and novelty long ornaments and never turn in the book. That's why most publishers have hired goons on retainer to rough up writers and to make sure they turn their work in on time. Now, I would know. I come from a long line of book thugs. Now, I ever tell you my grandfather got Edgar Allan Poe drunk and then left him for dead on the streets of Baltimore? No. Also, I literally have blacked out for three minutes, you, but I'm starting to forget the names of my children. Their faces and names slip from my mental grasp like sand falling through my fingers. I have the hell of war to thank for my ruined state, but you're telling me we're getting paid to do this? Oh, yes. Well, that's all that really matters to me. Drive all you want. You still haven't answered my question of where exactly Milton is. Well, call it a hunch, but I figured these writer types are the ignorant, superstitious lot. You know, like most criminals. And, like most criminals, they tend to hide out at their mother's house. Specifically, their kitchen pantries, because the police can't search them legally. It's improper. So you're telling me you found Milton Crane's mother's address and we've been driving all this... Yeah, yeah, I'm already ahead of you, Sam. Jeez, for, for a brainless goon, you really are brainless. Michelle... I think that's my wife's name, or was it Marcy? Why can't I just remember? Why... Why can't I... Look, Sam, up that way. That's got to be the place. And what did I tell you? It's got a lawn gnome dressed as a policeman with a little plaque that says lawn in order, writers. 
Am I right, Sam? You are turning right into the driveway. Yeah, boy, Sammy. Oh, man, Hubert, I know this Milton guy is a creepy horror writer, but his, does his mother also have to live in such a spooky house, too? This place is giving me the heaps and jeeps all the way down my spine, right into my, uh... Never mind that, Sammy. Just stay focused on the mission at hand. We gotta make sure this word jockey has the book ready. Otherwise, we're gonna have to give him a word sandwich without word fists and send him to the word hospital where Dr. Word is gonna have to prescribe him word painkillers for his word broken bone. Wait, you but look, there's two guys already standing at the front door. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. You're right, Sam. Let us introduce ourselves to these gentlemen in traditional goon fashion. Who's out, you bombs? Get it off! I'm afraid I can't do that, pal. Clark Stevens, investigative journalist. Nice to meet ya. I'm from the Papier, trying to get a new scoop. You see, literally nothing happened this week, so my editor sent me to figure out how to make some story about a horror novelist interesting by interviewing him about his newest book and then making up a bunch of scandalous rumors. Ah, nice to meet you too, Clark. I'm Hubert Hill and my associate Sam Carpenter. Yeah, we're goons here to make sure this fellow has his book finished for the publisher. Otherwise, we were going to pound the snot out of him. Wow! Threat of savage beating? This story is already getting more interesting by the minute. Mind if I take a picture of your fist pre-beating for the papers? Oh, certain! But, but who is the other fine gentleman waiting at Crane's doorstep? Why, that's renowned literature critic and amateur cartographer, Leonard Rockwell. Very astute, but you have correct, Stevens. I just draw fake maps for my pet dachshunds on the weekends. I was previously invited here to review Milton's newest novel in person for some reason, but I relished the idea of savaging his writings verbally and further through his face, and so I accepted Hey, Hubert, can we wail on this guy? He sounds like a filthy writer, too. Nah, Sammy, he doesn't owe us any manuscripts of any kind. But the Goon National Charter does dictate, if we meet anybody who has the ability to read and write, that there's a chance they think better than us, so we have the right to punch them in the gut. I love the legal system. <laughs> my audience. All right, Sammy. That's enough that we get it. There's no reason we can't be civil and mature-like. Now... Hurry up, pound that door so we can get our money, newspaper story, and this nerd's review. Good evening, gentlemen. I'm so happy to have guests over this very... Evening. We'll get ready for a word fist, pal. No, Sam! Not yet. We have to find out if he actually finished the book or not. Oh, indeed, my newest masterwork is complete. But, at the same time, it's a little more complex than that. If you all would have me, I certainly would have you. If you would please all join me in the parlor. Mother! Four lemonades. Things are not what they appear to be here, dear listeners. 
One could not expect anything sinister about a simple invitation to a writer's home, but what our characters, a critic, a journalist, and two goons, don't know is that they are deadly close to slip-sliding down the fear-greased passageways of the slanted hallway. Slanted hallways? It appears a sort of typo has somehow appeared into this well-crafted script. It seems my nephew really doesn't treat his job that seriously. A lot of writers would die to get paid 75 cents a week to write for this show. Once again, Maxwell, your uncle is very disappointed in you. Oh, well, Mr. Narrator, you know what will never disappoint you in quality? Nothing, but I'm surrounded by a prison of mediocrity of my own making. But you do your ad for calendars that can't burn. That's right, Mr. Narrator. Dr. Vulcan's non-flammable calendars can never disappoint. Forty-eight pounds of galvanized steel makes for the perfect gift. Well, dear listeners, why don't I lighten the mood by spinning a classic slanted hallway yarn of darkness and horror? Uh, although I guess I suppose I've already begun it, so we'll just let it unfurl. Just cut to it. I don't, I don't care anymore. Oh, now that's a fine glass of lemonade. Yeah, real refreshing like. Say, that's a mighty fine beverage there. Let me take a picture for the papers. Ah! Five out of five! Oh, thank you, boys. I'm so happy you like it. We normally don't get a lot of guests. Now, my son isn't the biggest socialite, especially being a creepy horror writer. Probably why he can't find a woman who would be interested in him. I mean, that's why I keep telling him, Milton, why not write a horror romance story? Oh, I love a good romance story. Uh, mother. I read this one story once about this mysterious Spaniard with a mask uh, who runs with a sword and the lady manservant. Uh, mother, really. I think that will be enough for now. Uh, perhaps you should check on your pecan sandies while I entertain my guests. Oh, my boy! Such a wonderful host! Okay, okay. I'll leave you and your little friends alone. Have fun, sweetie! Talk about a mama's boy. Tell me about it. Hey, Crane, I think your mother gave my wife a lesson or two about rearing kids. My wife, that's right. I have a wife and a family, but uh, what, are, what are their names? Uh, it's all slowly fading, you know? Sam, forget that thought, whatever it is. You're losing focus again. Listen up, Crane. We've been sitting here enjoying this perfectly sweetened lemonade in a civil, non-goonish manner for only one reason. To get that finished manuscript out your grubby little writer hands. Fair enough, Mr. Hill. As I said pre-lemonade, the book's manuscript is complete and ready to be sent to the printing press. But that, my friends, is the short of it. At any moment now, I can jump into the long of it. Clark Stevens here for the long of it. I don't know, Hugh, but if this goes on for too long, we might need to take naps. Let's just let the weirdo talk mysteriously for another five minutes before we pound him and just take the book. Well, then... Let me just ask you something, gentlemen. Are you all familiar with my horror writings? Familiar? <laughs> I've reviewed every one of your books and short stories and that one instruction manual you wrote on building a model post office. 
and the manual was the most enjoyable to read. Between your titles, the doorstep with that breeze, the, 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 the skull with no feet, or even the hillside with all the crazies, there is nothing, anything, remotely worth praising except maybe word count and maybe the little cartoons on the corners of your pages. Like the ones where the cave woman barks the head of the caveman and drags him off from the bar. Or the one with the old woman looking for a dog, but the dog is stuck between the, uh... Yes, yeah, we all know that classic. But let me ask you another qu- thing, gentlemen. Have you ever wondered where I get my inspiration for these tales of confusing horror from? Uh, not at all. Nah. Yes, for now. Absolutely not. I do, sweetie. Oh, mother cares to hear about your dark occult influence for your writings. Thank you, mother. That's right, gentlemen. These stories don't come from my hand. For all matter of speaking, I haven't written a single one of my books. In fact, I don't even know how to read. That explains a lot. Cheer up, Mr. Crane. I don't know how to read either. That's why I became a journalist. So I could just take a pick at yours and make a secretary write most of my articles while I just shout out headlines. Hack writer can't read. That's pretty good. I wish I could write that down. Now hold all of the phones on the board here. That doesn't make a lick of sense, Crane. If you ain't writing these books, who is? Uh, not a who, Mr. Hill, but a they. They are the old dark forces that used to rule over when the earth was still young. Malevolent gods that cast the land in utter chaos and confusion. I'm not even sure if your mind can comprehend their sublime horrid forms, Mr. Carpenter. Oh, man, I can't believe he zeroed on me like that. I, I hate being put on this spot like that. Can we savagely beat him now? It's too late for that now, Mr. Carpenter. For the dark truth is that these dark gods were cast out of our reality and dwell in a swirling void they cannot escape. It is through me, their chosen scion, to write their words to once again cover the land in chaos and confuse the masses to death. What are you all about, Crane? Uh, behold, my final masterwork, the book that reads you, written by the dark forces and filled with evil powers cursing all who reads it to die. From horrible confusion. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm catching up here. If you don't write books, who does all the little cartoons? My mother draws as a hobby. <laughs> now go ahead. Here, take it. Read all you want until you can't read anymore. That's enough of the theatrics, Mr. Crane. Besides the lemonade, I didn't know you were gonna waste my time with such a dreck. Dark gods who can write and decide to take a crack at publishing the wish to reach mass appeal as a foothold to conquer our world? What a complete lot of nonsense. 
Let me thumb through this rag quickly so I can give you a final review of your writing so we can all go home to our respective homes. I think this might be the shortest, I think this might be the shortest review ever. Two letters. P and the P and you. P you. Here you go then. <laughs> hey, be careful, Mr. Rockwell. He laughs like a little girl with a grenade hidden inside a knife. There is nothing to fear, good sir! Let me just flip this open and skip past the acknowledgements. Hey. Where is the acknowledgements on this? Hold up now. It says I'm on the last chapter? It doesn't even make sense! Why are there all these maps of North Vietnam here? Oh, wait, no, that's not how you... Now it's telling me to start walking without looking? That's just plain absurd. Why, 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 would they? Look out for that spike pit, Mr. Rockwell. My God, he's confused himself into an early grave. That book confused him so much he forgot the function of gravity. Now, do you see the true horror that comes from the face of a man? Confused by reading to death. A book that if you read it, confuses people to death? Say, that's a scoop. I have to put it in the papers. Let me get a look at this thing. Don't do it, Stevens. You'll be killed. I have to, friend. The freedom of the press to make a lot of money off a sensational story is on the line. G go ahead, Mr. Stevens. Read until your doom. Well, I don't know about that. Besides, I still can't read. Oh, wait. There's a little doggy cartoon on the margin. Ain't that sweet. Oh, he's running when you flip the podges. Oh, now he's running into a maze. Oh, I guess I have to solve me. Wait, what are all these pie charts over here? They're all the same color. Uh, uh, I can make heads and tails of that. Oh, no, the hanging chandelier. Look out, Stevens. Huh? I guess Mr. Stevens will have to be put in charge of the obituaries now. <laughs> hey, boys. Please tell my wife to put this story in the paper. Papers. Ah! Grammy, he kicked the bucket too, Hubert, and hard. I'm getting real scared, like, by this book. Hold me tight like we did in Korea. Get a hold of yourself, Sammy. Remember our goon charter. Stay tough and dumb in the face of certain doom and obliteration. Uh, the only real mind killer here, gentlemen, is confusion. <laughs> now read away, Sammy. Don't do it, Sam. I can't help it, Hubert. Besides, my life is starting to get real depressing with my war injury. At this rate, with my degenerative memory disorder, it... I might as well die looking smart with a book in my hand. It's all over for you now. Also, the Pecan Sandies was a lie as well. They're not coming. Only the doom of mankind once this book is unleashed upon the land. <laughs> Dang it, Millen, I thought you said there'd be no cops. Buck, Buck, I, I didn't know. I, I'm sorry, Buck, I, I thought we were safe out this way. Cram it in your reading hole, Crane. Okay, 
Fat chance. Come on, Milton. Let's make a go of it. I've got a hidey hole in Argentina. You'll never take us alive, coppers. Whoa! Hit the deck, everybody! Alright boys, put whatever is left in cuffs and throw it in the paddy wagon. It's up for the courts to decide the legal fate now. Well, my ears are ringing. But, but thank you, officer, for getting us out of some real hot water. That book came very close to making two goons retire too early. Just doing our job, citizen. We got an anonymous tip that there was a crazy writer running around with a murderous book going by the name of The Book Who Reads You, uh, real name Albert Spelling. Technically speaking, between you and me, the book didn't have a gun, but we had to use up our remaining bullets for our monthly quota. Ah, oh, you can always trust the cops to shoot out a peaceful resolution. Now, come on, Sammy. Hey, now, who are you talking to, pal? Who else but my faithful goon companion, Sam Carpenter? Wait, uh, he was right here. Now, now he's gone? Yo, oh, this can't be, unless, uh... uh no, you're telling me he never existed? Yeah, pal. Also, we're not cops. We're all secret commies. In fact, America was the USSR the entire time. Oh, no. Well, it can't be. Oh, good, you boys are still out here. I'm really quick. I was a space alien the entire time, too. That's why the lemonade was so good. Well, that, that seems almost impossible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is the world shaking all of a sudden? It's not the world. We've always been trapped in a child's snow globe. Oh! Oh! <laughs> and there you have it, listeners. A thrilling conclusion written by a real master of suspense and horror. Myself. I had to spice up that ending. My nephew really dropped the ball on this one. A talking book? Really, Maxwell. We've already had two stories in a row with talking books in them. I'm going to have to give your mother some harsh words next time I see her during the holidays. Tune in next week, dear listeners, for our next tale, where we follow a family man that slowly realizes he's trapped in a toy train heading to the past where he gets a chance to murder an infant Hitler. Also, he's a talking book. Good night, listeners. Remember to throw out all the levels in your home and always keep your hallways slanted. Thank you.